Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Okay, so so we are in a series called Proverbs. Um, train your brain. Um, and this is the second week, and it's still introduction to the book. I want to just give you some background about the book and what we are reading. I hope you are going to follow with us. We will try to encourage you to stay on track with us. Um, we will be on Proverbs 3 right now. So Proverbs 1, 2, and 3. Today is Proverbs, the third proverb that you have to read. If you haven't read the first two, you can go and read it. Quickly catch up. It's not a problem. Um, tomorrow, Proverbs 4. Um, so we are in this book called Proverbs, and it is a beautiful book. It's got so much insight. Um, have you ever left someone special behind? Have you ever left someone special behind? Yeah. Uh, uh, last year... We went on holiday to uh, Barrier Lake to a friend of mine's cabin, um, and we had to drive in two vehicles because we had to take luggage, and there's seven of us, um, Ermery, um, and I were in the one vehicle with Anjo and Lene, and then Saki and Halter, they were in the vehicle behind us with Kaylee, and we were driving up to Barrier Lake. We stop at a, at a store, it's called Serengeti, a South African store where we buy supplies for the road, beef jerky and uh, South African uh, vorsch, uh, sausage that you can barbecue and spices and chips that we don't get um, in the regular stores here, but you have to buy it at this store. It's an amazing store. We, we love it. You should visit it. Um, and we, everybody shopped and everybody, we were done. And now we're going to sit, we, we've got snacks, we're ready to go. We're going to go to Barrier Lake. And, and we got in the car and uh, Lene buckled up. Yeah, buckled up. Anjo, yes, uh, Lene helped Anjo with his buckle. Anjo's buckles in. So now we're ready to go. And, and we're we on our way to Barrier and I check in the rear. Yeah, Saki and Helter's behind us. They're following, no problem. And we probably about a kilometer or two away, just about to get onto the highway. Of where, and, and I get a call from Serengeti. I'm thinking, oh, maybe I forgot my wallet or my credit card or something. Maybe I forgot that there. Um, and when I answered, it was my daughter's voice. <laughs> Disclaimer, she was not in my car when I stopped there. Halter and Saki forgot Kaylee at the South African store. Like, how is that even possible? Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a story about a young naval officer also, an ensign, and that was about to demonstrate his own naval ability um, of controlling a ship outside of the Suez Canal into the open seas and back to the USA. So he shouted out the orders and, and the deck were buzzing. Everybody was doing things at speed and, and every man was performing the orders that they were supposed to perform. And soon the ship had turned and it was sailing outside of the bay, outside of the, the canal. And this young officer has set a new record faster than anyone before him in getting a destroyer into the open seas. This young officer was standing um, in the bridge and another officer came to him with a message and it was from the captain. The officer wasn't surprised that he received the message because he just broke the record for setting sail faster than anybody else. 
But he was surprised that the, the, the message was a written message that the officer received via radio. It said the following. I want to personally congratulate you on your work and how you completed the exercise by the book. Also, it was faster than any other before you. But in your haste of doing this, you overlooked one of the unwritten rules. Make sure the captain is on board before sailing. Yeah. That's how many of us live our lives. We have all the pres- these, these, these uh, things that we've got lined up. All the procedures are lined up. Like we are zoned in. We've got our targets. We've got our deadlines. But we forget about having the captain in our lives. We forget to ask God to come and be in control. And for so many of us, God is left on the docks. The Bible talks about um, people like this. And he says, there are many people who are always learning. But they never come to knowledge of the truth. There are many people who study books, history, science. But they never come to knowledge of God. You can know all things, but unless you have the application of truth, which is how do I apply these things that I know to influence someone else's life, you simply have information. There is a massive difference between intelligence and wisdom. History, right now in the world, There are brilliant people. There are some people out there that have information and knowledge that, that astounds us. I, you know, the weakest link. Love watching it. Um, I, the, the questions that people can answer. And uh, what's the other thing? The jeopardy, right? Where they have to, like, the history knowledge that people have. It amazes me. We have people that have all this 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 information and we have people who are famous and we have people who've who've become rich with all their information and knowledge and yet those are still the same people that we find in this life that are not content with the life that they have they're still searching they're still trying to find out what is going to make my life fulfilled where will i find purpose Right now, we live in the information age. And here's some interesting stats here. I love stats. So this is from an article that was written in 1995. 1995. In 1995, it was estimated, now listen to this, that the accumulation of knowledge from the beginning of history to the year 1845, if it is presented in inches, All the information from the beginning of history to 1845, if we have to present it in just an inch, in inches, it would be one inch of information from the beginning of history to 1845. That knowledge now from 1845 to 1945, if we have to present the knowledge gained in those years, it would be three inches, three inches of knowledge. That knowledge would be 
three inches thick, 1945. 1975, the knowledge would be 6,660 inches. That's 1975, when most of us know they knew nothing, hippie era. In 1995, they were very proud in this article because they just doubled it. They just doubled it. Now, this is where we are today. This is amazing. The article, this article on Google regarding information and intellect, information that's available. In 2003... Mankind had generated a sum total of five exabytes of content historically. Now for us, five exabytes, what what does that mean? An exabyte, one exabyte is a billion gigabytes. Okay, a billion gigabytes. So in 2003, information that is available, that was available, was five exabytes. 5 billion gigabytes. Today, our best estimate suggests that at the least, 2.5 quintillion bytes of data is produced every day. You want to see what that looks like? The first one, Andrew, I think it's slide should be there. We have an information overload. If it's not there, it's all good. A a quintillion would be 2.5 with 18 zeros behind it. That's the information that's produced every day. But unfortunately, even though we have this increasing amount of information, unfortunately, There is a decrease in wisdom. Man, there's a lot of information out there. You can gather information on anything that you wish or want to right now. Any viewpoint you want to take, you will have information available on it. But wisdom, wisdom is is decreasing. It doesn't have to be so for us. I love the the Hebrew language. Um, I love how it was formulated. God gave the Hebrew language. It was given to mankind. It was a given language. And what's so interesting about the Hebrew language is, is that every single word that we are still creating in English, it's already there in Hebrew. There's no word that will be created in the future of mankind that is not already there in the Hebrew language. Which is what makes the language so beautiful. It's like understanding that all the wisdom, all the understanding, everything that we need to live in this life, a godly life, it's already deposited for us. The information we are gaining does not increase the wisdom that God deposited. All the wisdom is already available for every single one of us. We should just draw from it. So I want to ask all of you, let's increase our wisdom. Not our information. Let's increase our wisdom. I said earlier um, about the banner that we are under. We are under the banner of God. 
We should be under no other flag. The banner that should be waving above our heads is the banner of the kingdom of God. That banner should influence us with God's wisdom. This is how we are going to live life in His kingdom. It's with His wisdom that He's already given. Other informations, we'll hear, we'll hear, we'll hear, we'll hear it, but it's not the wisdom that we're going to live by. Last week, we spoke about a man, Solomon, who God said to him, Solomon, ask me anything that you want, anything that you want. And Solomon said these amazing words. He says, give me your wisdom and your heart of understanding for your people. Give me your heart of understanding for your people. Now, now let's think about this again. We spoke last week and we said, remember, there is God's original idea. It's like an artist painting a picture. Um, if it, while it's in the artist's head, we can't see exactly what it is. But when he puts it on the canvas, it becomes visible. The artist can see the full picture and it's the same for your life and through the way that God created the world. He had the original idea, the precept of how things are going to be, how they should function, how the world is plugged, how the lines are connected, how the dots connect on, on, on those puzzles that sometimes seems impossible. God's already connected those dots. He knows exactly how they work. And Solomon said, to God, God, give me your understanding. This dot goes there. It doesn't make sense, but it's your image, your understanding, your heart for your people. That's the wisdom that I want. So God said, you know, because you didn't ask for riches, you will have the wisdom and the understanding and the heart for people. But I'm also going to add everything else to you because that's how the world works. God's kingdom functions under God's principles. We must have a heart for those principles. That's how I want to do things because God knows best how they work. So this book we are reading together is the most insightful book you would ever and can ever read. God's plans, God's view about life and how to live life. The book of Proverbs is not a man's idea. It's God's insight. So we should read it with that in mind. It's God's way of doing things. And, and what I hope um, throughout the years of being here and even in your own faith, I hope that you have discovered something about your Bible. I hope that you have discovered that your Bible is intensely practical. It is so practical. Yes, it teaches us about Jesus Christ and our salvation. It has prophetic words about the past, about what's to come. We know about the end times. It gives us insight about that. It gives us insight about how Jesus was walking on the earth. It tells us about our Father, how He created the universe. It gives us information on God the Father. It helps us in our relationship with Him. It becomes a firm foundation for us to build our lives upon, our faith upon. But the Bible is intensely practical, intentionally, so that we know how to live our daily lives. Proverbs, or a proverb in English, comes from a Latin term that sounds very familiar to the word itself. Proverbium. Proverbium. Proverb. Two different words. 
pro and verbum. Pro is a word that means instead of or on behalf of. And the second word, verbium, verbum, means a word for words. So if you had to translate proverb into English, it would be the following. Instead of words. Instead of a lot of words. That's a proverb. It's a short saying based on long experience. I'll say that again. It's a short saying based on long experience. It's like somebody that's gone through an experience with God in their lives where God has provided miraculously. And your short saying would be, God provides. The long experience is the life that you've lived and you've seen God providing throughout your life for you. So it's a short saying based on a long experience. So Proverbs is Solomon giving us short sayings on God's big picture with the wisdom that God has given him. It's awesome. Every culture has Proverbs. Our own culture has things like... um, Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Thank you. Uh, This one, don't make a mountain out of her. Good. Uh, One more. Uh, Don't throw the baby out with anything. Don't throw the baby out. It's a new one. We learn these, these proverbs since we've been kids. What makes the book of Proverbs different from our cultural Proverbs, from our own language, is very simple. It's inspiration. This isn't just good advice. This is God's advice. This is God's inspired word for you and me. And I want to say God's inspired word that is based on long experience Yeah, that would be like, Proverbs is God's advice based on long experience. Now, the book of Proverbs is inspired. Now, as you go through Proverbs, um, there will be certain things that you're going to discover in this book. You're going to discover certain people in it. There's the scoffer. Maybe you've got a scoffer or two or three or 20 in your life. Uh, There are friends. He mentions friends. Friends are mentioned a lot. And he describes what a friend is in this book. It's to help you to identify friends in your life today also. So look at that. Then it talks about the fool. The fool is described a lot in Proverbs. It speaks about a wise man. We're going to learn about that. He speaks about a wise woman. And then he talks about the sluggard. All these different characters in this amazing book. And we're going to look at them throughout the next few weeks. The book of Proverbs also has an outline. It is consecutive. From the beginning to the end. We can divide the book into 
three different areas. The first part are called principles, chapter 1 to 10. Principles to live your life on. He specifically speaks to his son in the first 10 chapters. He mentions son 15 times. The next from chapter 10 to chapter 24 are Proverbs by Solomon for us on daily living. And then from chapter 25 to 31, these are called precepts. These are things that Solomon said, by, but written by King Hezekiah and two other authors. So it's all insight, all wisdom. Over the next few weeks, the next two weeks specifically, I want to show you four mountaintops that I've discovered in the book of Proverbs, which are foundational principles, foundational pillars for life that, that he's written for us in this book. And these things are important to know. It's important to know these foundational principles that he wants us to live by. But the primary goal of the book of Proverbs, the primary goal is to inspire us to walk in wisdom. We want you to walk wisely. Okay, wisdom. Let's look at the words. Wisdom is a word that is used um, in Proverbs. It's used over and 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 over again. I had to do it that way because it's used 125 times. I'm just glad I stopped when I did. I've, actually, I have done it in the past where Carla was like rolling her eyes, like how long are you going to do this? So 125 times the word wise, wisdom, um, it shows up in the book. It's about getting wisdom so that we can be wise individuals. That's what the book is about. It, it is the aim of the book for us to acquire and apply wisdom. But I have to add a word to it. Godly wisdom, not just acquire it, apply godly wisdom. The word wise in the Hebrew is the word shakam. Shakam. The word wise, shakam. The word wisdom in Hebrew is the word chokma. Chokma. Chokma in its root means to be skilled at something. So if you are a wise person, you are skilled at something. Like a person who is a skilled carpenter. Someone who is a skilled builder, somebody who is a skilled graphics designer. You, you have a skill that you have acquired. But the word chokma and, and chakam doesn't just mean to have a skill. <laughs> I love this. But it means to be an expert at something. So the meaning of wisdom in the context of the Bible is this. To have the skill to live well. Isn't that a skill you would like to put on your resume? Like put that at the top, right at the top. I know how to live well. You want to know how to live well? Go read the book that speaks about it 125 times. I know how to live well. The skill to live well. Here's another way to put it. I am an expert at godly living. Ah, wouldn't that be awesome to be our testimony? I am an expert at godly living. And godly living is not restrictive. 
Godly living is not boring or dull. God, listen, who is the wisest man who ever lived? Solomon. No one has been richer, had greater influence than that man. You think his life was boring? He was an expert at godly living. So I want to be an expert. I want us to be an expert at us. I want us to apply godly living to every area of our lives. I want to have the skill of godly living in my relationship with my wife. I want to be an expert at it. I want to have the skill of godly living with how I parent my children. Unfortunately, information from the world, our 2.5 quintillion of, of, of uh, bytes, is not going to equal Proverbs' wisdom on parenting. It's not. Unfortunately, our quantillion of bytes of information we can Google and research, it's not going to be equal to what it says about forgiveness for your enemies or what it says about work. This mindset of, I deserve everything. I should have what my parents have, and I'm 21. That mindset that of, of I deserve this. Proverbs wisdom is not going to equal that. But here's the thing. True wisdom always begins by having God in the middle of your thinking. It always, be, true wisdom always begins with God. God, what do you say about this? Not your opinion, not culture, not your children, not what they can Google because they can Google faster than we can. Like Andrew and I, like I'd be thinking I want to search something up and I'll be like on the, right? And they're like, <laughs> they're like Done. It's not wisdom. That's just information. This is wisdom. You should long for that. David said the fool. No, this is David. Oh, this is so beautiful. David says the following. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Or a literal translation, more accurate translation from the Hebrew is the following. The fool has said in his heart, no God not there is no God. He says in his heart, no God. The fool says, I don't want God in my life. I don't want him in my relationship. I don't want him in my parenting. I don't want him in my finances. I don't want him in how I conduct my business. I don't want him in my thinking. I don't want him in my browsing. I don't want him in how I treat other people. No God. No, thank you, God. That's the fool. The wise person says, I want God. He doesn't say no, God. He goes, yes, God. Yay, God. More, God. Please, God. Yes, God. Always begins with God. That's a wise person. 
I've also made this discovery that wisdom isn't always directly proportional to age. Yes, I mean, we've all, like, we've been around young and enthusiastic. Man, if you were around me when I was 30, I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to apologize profusely. Um, because we are young and energetic and we think we know everything and, like, like we know that. But, but based on what he says is you can find wisdom at a young age. It's available. It's been inserted into the world already. You can discover all of it right now. I know some of us who are a little bit more lazier would, would love if God made it this way that every year you have a birthday, it's like an increase in wisdom. Ding, ding, right? You are more wise now. You are more wise now. You are more. Wouldn't that be amazing if, if that was how it worked? But I love what Spurgeon said. He said the following, in the church of God, there are children who are 70 years old. Yes, Little children displaying all the infirmities of declining years. One would not like to say of a man of 80 that he has scarcely cut his wisdom teeth. And yet there are such. Not his information teeth. His wisdom teeth. And I'm not talking about the ones back here. On the other hand, there are fathers. Montana, listen to this. On the other hand, there are fathers in the church of God, wise, stable, instructed, who are comparatively young. The Lord can cause the people to grow rapidly and far outstrip their years. It is your desire to apply wisdom found in God. So four mountain peaks that we're going to look at. I'm going to name them and then we're going to be done. The first one that we're going to look at is called the mind. It's what we're going to talk about next week. It's what you think. It's a very foundational core of who you are. It becomes sort of your your, your worldview. I almost sounded German. Uh, um, Your worldview. It becomes your worldview on life. How you look at things that are happening in the world today. I have failed many times in that. I have. I have so many times looked at the world from my perspective and my opinion, but wisdom says I'm going to look at it from God's perspective. The mind. The second mountain peak we will call motivation. Some of us have it, some of us don't. Some of us are motivated, some not so much. After motivation, we're going to look at the mouth. Oh, Proverbs speaks of the mouth. How you use it, what you say. Not just what you think, but what you say about what you think. Just saying, not saying. And in the fourth mountain peak, we're going to call it mistake. Because we all make them. We all make them like Solomon made many. But we're also going to see how God's grace is available for us. Desire wisdom. Go after wisdom more than information. This Proverbs challenge that we are doing together is a challenge to go for wisdom. And next week we'll, we'll, we'll start with the one who, that I think is the key to all of it. It starts here.
Let's pray together. Um, um, praise Him, you can come up. Father God, we thank You for Your goodness, Your mercy, Your grace, Your love. We thank You for Your wisdom on life, Your insight, how we can do things to be experts at godly living. That is my desire. God, I pray for every person that's here today. And, and I know it starts, first of all, Lord, it starts in me. It starts with a, a heart of humility. And a willingness to say, Father, that I don't know more than you do. And I want to ask all of you, as you're sitting here, I just want you to make that simple statement. God, I don't know more than you do. But I want your wisdom. I desire it. I want to live as an expert in godly living. Make me hungry for it. I will change my ways, Lord. I will change my thinking. I will humble myself to your leadership and to the leaderships that you've placed in my life that are already following your wisdom. I submit my life to you, all of it, not just some areas, all of it, Lord. You've got a life plan for every single person that's your God. I know that. And it's a life of abundance that you've got planned for us, of influence, of changing people's lives. And we know it's good. We love you, God. We serve you. We pray your blessing in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church Audio Podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.